Get Back to Basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. Hi, and a very good afternoon to you. It's Wednesday afternoon. It is just about to go 10 past 2 on this beautiful Wednesday afternoon here in the Highfield, here in Joburg. Yes, of course, we have load shedding. Of course, we have all these other things that are going on, but it's wonderful to be alive. It's wonderful to be Jewish. It's wonderful to be able to share some thoughts together with you on this beautiful, bright day here in Johannesburg. So let's get started by thinking about the fact that we are now coming in the Jewish calendar towards the end of the month of Tevet, the end of the month of Tevis. Yeah, believe it or not, it's already a month since Hanukkah. Um, it is now headed towards the advent of the month of Shvat, which will begin in earnest on Monday of this coming week. But that means that this coming Shabbos, this coming Shabbat is called Shabbat Mevarachim. It is called the Shabbos of blessing, or the time when we bless, and we know that what happens on the Shabbos, <clears throat> and it should happen, and you should be part of it, is uh, the idea that the new month is kind of proclaimed. We talk about it in Shul. We talk about it in Shul, and we have a proclamation of the new month, the month being the month of um, of uh, Shvat that is coming up now And on the Shabbos before On the Shabbat before Right after the Torah reading There is a ceremony A uh, pronouncement of the advent of the new month What happens is Somebody in the shul The rabbi, the shamus, the balkona Somebody gets up and announces What we call the molid Which unofficially is the The time of the first sighting Of the new moon over Jerusalem That is announced and then we go into a prayer where we pray for the welfare, the well-being, the blessings for this month. And we proclaim that the Rosh Chodesh will be on this coming Monday. It's the Rosh Chodesh of Shvat. And may it uh, come upon us and upon um, all Jews everywhere and upon, upon all of Israel uh, to, for as a time of blessing, as a time of simcha, as a time of joy, as a time of happiness, and a time of Fulfillment for everything that we hope and pray for at all times. So there is this incredible and beautiful blessing that is pronounced, that is said um, <clears throat> on Shabbat, on the Shabbos before. Now we know that we do this for all the months of the year, with the exception, of course, of the month of Tishrei. When it comes to the month of Tishrei, so in the last Shabbos in Elul, just before the end of the year, before we get to Rosh Hashanah, we do not say that blessing, and we say we don't say that blessing because Hashem blesses the month, and He empowers us by doing that to give blessings for the entire month. So it leads me to the question here. What is actually this concept of blessings in the first place? What is a blessing? What is a bracha? Why do we say them? Why do we bless? <clears throat> what does it actually accomplish? You know, if you were to talk to the average individual, I think that we've got this meaning of the concept of a blessing, uh, you know, probably sort of uh, a la fiddler on the roof, a blessing on your head, mazel tov, mazel tov, you know, like we kind of are saying, may it be good with you, you know, like we're wishing you well. Is this just a well wish? Is that what a blessing is? Are we wishing the month well? Are we wishing God well? And why do we do it? At all times, you know, there are so many brachot, there are so many blessings. In fact, we're told that each and every individual should try and say a hundred blessings a day. We should say one hundred blessings on a day. 
Now, if you think about the fact that uh, perhaps, hopefully, you say your uh, prayers three times a day, well, there are 19 blessings in each one of the Shmona Esrays. If you multiply that by three, well, so, so we've got we've got to 57 just by davening Shachrit, Mincha, and Mayriv, just the Amida alone, and then there are a whole lot of other blessings that are said along the way. And then, of course, hopefully you eat breakfast, lunch, and supper, and you say blessings along the way there as well. And we add the morning brachot that are said, a whole list of blessings. We're not that far off, and we have to add one or two other things along the way in order to complete the 100 blessings per day. So it's not unachievable. In fact, it only becomes a little bit more difficult and a little less uh, <coughs> easy to accomplish, in fact, on a Shabbos, on a Shabbat, on a Yom Tov. Why? Because our Shmona Esrei is because our Amidas, um, which uh, are called Shmona Esrei, which means 18, but in fact there are 19 blessings, one of the anomalies of Judaism. We name things funny. Um, it's called the 18 blessings when actually there are 19, just uh, to keep you interested. And the idea of these blessings, um, of course, or the saying of these blessings is they all pertain to weekday stuff, the weekday blessings. In fact, on Shabbos, it's much diminished. There are far less. There are nowhere near 19 in each of the Amidas. Yes, we still have a Musaf. We have an extra additional service, but it doesn't get close. And this perhaps is the reason why the function that we have after davening is called a bracha. Ever thought about it? It's called a bracha in this country. In many other places, it's called a kiddush. Why? Because kiddush is made. And that perhaps <coughs> is the bracha that we're talking about. But no, probably because we need to make up a whole lot of brachot that we're missing. And so people would kind of add in an extra meal along the way and Probably pertinently one at which we don't wash for our mozi so that we can say all sorts of different blessings. We can make blessings on fruit, we can make on vegetables, we can make on um on drinks, on shayako, we can make on wine and so on, and we can add some of those blessings and then say a brochachrona and after blessing as well. And these blessings then can add up to our tally which hopefully we'll be able to achieve of the hundred blessings in a day, even for Shabbat. So it's a concept of blessing that kind of runs as a theme throughout our days and throughout our lives. It is so important. And yet, have you ever paused to think about what actually is a blessing? What is it accomplishing? Is it just a means of a pat on the head and say, well done, we're happy with you? Or is there perhaps a whole lot more to it than just that? So let's explore the concept of a bracha, the concept of a blessing today. Um <clears throat> And perhaps to begin with um, going all the way back to the first Jew, to Avram Avinu, from whom I think the concept of blessings uh, is first mentioned along the way in Torah, that uh, blessings were said. And we have in history the idea that Avram Avinu, Abram and Sarah had their tent, their um, beautiful hotel that they ran, and they allowed and enabled anybody and everybody, all wayfarers, anybody was passing by, um, to come in and to eat. They could partake of a beautiful, beautiful array of different foods, different foodstuffs, orchards of fruits, and all sorts of wonderful delicacies that they showered their guests with. And then when the guests came to say, how do we thank you, they kind of gave them two options. One is the normal one, <clears throat> I suppose, that you would say, which is pay for your meal. But uh, more than that, Avram and Sora tried to encourage people you don't have to pay for the meal. But what you've got to do is you've got to pay in 
thanking God. Recognize that there's a God in the world, the one and only God, who created all of these things, who gave you the opportunity to eat from them. It's not me who created this fruit. It's not me who created this uh, delicacy. It's not me who created this wonderful dish that you just tasted of the beautiful food that they were able to serve to their guests. It was actually God on high. And so thank God for these gifts. And they taught the people who were passing by the concept of God and at the same time to thank him for everything. So the concept of a blessing, it seems historically, was this idea of giving thanks and giving thanks not just to the host, but giving thanks to the one above who created it all. And you pause and you think for a moment, well, is it actually something that God finds necessary. Does God really, uh, does it really make a difference to God if we say um, anything to him at all? And perhaps here we open up an entire array of different ideas of why it is actually that we say blessings, what they're actually all about, um, which hopefully we'll be able to explore together in uh, the next part of this show. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. So there are so many different ideas and ideals behind the saying of a blessing, any blessing. You think about it. We make a blessing. We will make several blessings when we wake up in the morning. We bless God and thank him for giving the rooster the knowledge and the different to be able to tell the difference between night and day and to be able to crow at the right time. We've got a rooster that lives uh, somewhere in a house not far from us. And it seems to be a little bit off because it seems to be crowing at about three o'clock in the morning these days. Um, so, um, <clears throat> but nevertheless, it can tell exactly when it's just that moment when it's starting to dawn. And we say blessings, so thanking God for waking us up and thanking God for opening our eyes, thanking God for allowing us to walk and have thanking God for our shoes that we wear. There are so many blessings that we say in the early part of waking up. And then, of course, famously, we say blessings when we eat something, perhaps the most commonly known. And like Abram and Sarah before us, we say these blessings before we eat and we're supposed to say these blessings after we eat. Have you ever thought about the fact, <coughs> excuse me, the fact that it is one of the problems that we confront, that we face, that we have in a modern world is the idea of having common manners, of saying please and thank you. And although this is not the be-all and end-all of what blessings are really all about, but it is a very important part of our discipline in life and our um, human dignity and ability to say please and thank you, that we have blessings for so many things. It's just the right thing to do to thank God for giving you your life. It is just the right thing to do to thank for or to praise God for giving you the food that you eat. And the blessings that are significantly placed, for instance, when we eat before and afterwards, well, I think that it's got a lot to do with manners. We say please and we say thank you. And although today on WhatsApp messages and so on, it's been replaced with just a hey or uh, sometimes not anything at all, there is an idea of uh, creating and the need for some kind of manners, some kind of dignity 
in our communications with each other, and particularly when it comes to things that for which we should be grateful. There is a terrible um, element of um, of entitlement that it otherwise uh, promotes that people feel or that we feel that we're just entitled to it. Well, God put us on this earth and we're entitled to eat. We're entitled to do what we want with this world. We're entitled to just take what we want. And um, we're entitled to just help ourselves and do whatever we like. Well, no, that is certainly not the way that we as Jews are trained or schooled or brought up or the way that we behave. Our behaviors are necessar- necessarily to say please and to say thank you, to uh, add to the dignity, the uh, humanity, the manners, the kindness, and so on, and to express our gratitude at all times. This is actually part of our character building. And if you've ever thought about blessings, I hope you have, that uh, blessings are really part of this character building of the idea of being a person who is grateful, the idea of being a person who is thanking not only the hosts who have opened their homes to you or their house to you and uh, catered a beautiful meal for you, but saying thank you to the one above who has given the uh, beautiful repast to you to be able to partake from as well as um, to say please before we help ourselves, before we dive in, before we dig in, and before we start to, in inverted commas, fresh um, in an undignified fashion. So first up, the concept of blessings gives us this spiritual human dignity, and it gives us this human spiritual um, <coughs> manners, menschlichkeit, that um, each and every one us, every, each and every one of us is supposed to have, and we certainly should train our children to uh, to have as well. It would make our world a far better place if there was a restoration of uh, the niceties, the dignities, the pleases and thank yous, which unfortunately seem, by and large, to have gone out the window. But let's embroider upon that and let's go a little bit further. Um, and you might say, as we said before, that God doesn't need my please and thank you. What does he need it for? Does it really make a difference to him if I say please or I say thank you? Well, there again comes another level of importance that we are impressing upon ourselves and upon all those around us as well. And that is the constant recognition of the fact that it's not by my hand that um, all of these things come into existence. It's not me who created the meal. It's not me who um, was able to uh, let you breathe, to make, make, you, make you alive and so on, even, even as a parent and so on. It's a recognition of the fact that there is an all-powerful God Almighty in this world to whom we are at all times linking everything physical and otherwise that we're doing and saying, God, this is all due to you. The fact that there is food in front of me, the fact that there is an apple in front of me, I am not only saying thank you to you, but at the same time, I'm recognizing your greatness, your power, your power of creation, your power of ongoing um, kindness that you extend to me, to us, to all of us, 
in order to enable us to be able to continue, in order to enable us to be able to eat and drink and wake up in the morning and uh, run our lives and do all of these things. It is that level of um, now not only um, manners and human dignity and so on, as we discussed before, but also the concept of a recognition. A constant recognition of God, just like Abram and Sarah taught the people who came into their home that there is a God above. It helps us to link God to everything, to make sure and to understand that we understand that God isn't only found in our places of prayer, for instance. God isn't only found in our places of learning, in our places of holiness. He's not only at the Kotel in Jerusalem at the Temple Mount. He is everywhere and within everything. And even if I take a uh, a nut out of a packet and I eat it for uh, my lunch, or I take a, uh, a fruit, or I take something that I've made and I'm eating my favorite fish cake, uh, tuna sandwich, whatever it is, I recognize that every single part of this came from God. And I pause for a moment. And I'm saying a little prayer, a little prayer of connection. And within that, we're changing the physical um, action that we're doing, like eating or like drinking or like getting out of bed in the morning. We're changing it into a service of God. We're not serving God only with our prayers, and we're not serving God only with our um, Torah learning or our uh, feeling of great and holy communion with God at times of spirituality, but we're recognizing that God is within everything. And it's not only in the so-called spiritual realms in the uh, stuff that makes us feel all warm and fuzzy, but it's actually down to earth in the physical, down to earth things that we're doing, that God can be found, that God is there, that God is present, and God is responsible for their creation too. And it's a recognition of this, the recognition of the greatness, the power, and the incredible, incredible attention to detail that uh, God put into everything um, that we encompass and incorporate when we say a blessing. Now, there are two kinds of actual brachot, of actual blessings that we say um, every day, and most of them begin, so they're generally two kinds, most of the blessings begin with the words baruch Ata. Hashem, blessed are you, God. And sometimes that is the entire address, Baruch Atah Hashem, and we then say, um, who gave us the Torah. Baruch Atah Hashem, Notena Torah, for instance. Thank you, God, for giving us the Torah. And there is an entire blessing. Blessed are you, God, gave us the Torah, for instance. There are some where we um, seem to embroider a little bit more, and we... Um, um, add in some other words, and those words usually are Asher Kideshanu Bemitzvotav. Oh, no, well, first of all, there is Elokeinu Melech HaOlam. We sometimes say God, who is the master of the whole universe. We add that in to um, the blessings. And then there are those where we say Asher Kideshanu Bemitzvotav. God, you have given us your mitzvot. So generally, we're dividing the blessings into two categories. There are blessings that are blessings let's say, of recognition and of thanking God for the kindness 
um, and the bounty and whatever it is that he has given us that he's delivered to us. And then the second category of blessing is where we say blessings, where we say, God, we're thanking you for something else. And that's for making us holy. If there is such a word, holifying us, making us holy. You have made us holy through your mitzvot. You have enabled us to become holy characters, holy carriers of Judaism, of Torah, of mitzvot. That's what we're thanking you for. So there are the category of blessings where we're thanking God just for creating the apple that's in front of me. Or we're thanking God for changing our lives, infusing us with holiness and making us into holy carriers of Judaism, of Torah, of godliness in this world. So if you think about it, um, let's take, for example, the blessing that we make when we um, do eat an apple would be Borei Pri Ha'etz. We thank God. Thank you. You're the one who created the fruit of the tree. And we can then bite into the apple. When we um, make the blessing, for instance, on lighting candles on a Friday night, we say, Asher Thank you, God, for sanctifying us with your holy mitzvahs and making us holy. You have holified us. You've made us holy through these mitzvot. You've extended to us a kind of a godliness, which we thank you for. And we praise you for, and we realize that it could only have come from you. But you gave us the mitzvah, and this is the mitzvah that we are now doing of lighting the candles, for instance. So we have different kinds of blessings. But each one of them usually starts with Baruch Atah Hashem. Blessed are you, God. Now, it's interesting there that when we start off the blessing, we are addressing God in the, um, the the first person I'm talking to God, or second person I think it's called, I'm talking to God as Atta, you. Hey, God, you God, I'm addressing you. The feeling there is that God is much closer. Um, Baruch Atta, God, you. When I call God you, it's as though God is right in front of me. And then it's Elokeinu Melech HaOlam. It's sort of elevated to Elokeinu Melech HaOlam. The God who is the king of the universe. That's like a little bit more removed. That's sort of third person. I'm removing that to a bit of a higher level. That's much more macro than the micro uh, kind of address that I've said right in the beginning when I say Baruch Hashem. And when we think about that, well, perhaps what we're actually doing in each one of those blessings is there is also embedded the recognition of the fact that God is here right with me. And God is all-encompassing. God is inside um, the micro right here in front of me. He is with me right now sitting kind of at my table as I'm eating. And God is also everywhere in this whole wide universe. He is together with everything. And he's raising uh, fruits and all sorts of wonderful uh, stuff everywhere in this whole universe. Everywhere. Everywhere. And therefore, the recognition of these blessings is not only recognizing the thanks that I have to give to God and bringing godliness into everything, but it's also recognizing the fact that God is all-powerful, that God is right here and he is there too. He is in the micro and he is in the macro. And in fact, we express that every time in these blessings. So a blessing, therefore, if we just think about what we've analyzed up until now in our uh, brief analysis, 
we are speaking about a blessing being something that is um, much, much more than just saying please and thank you. We are not just thanking God for what he has given us, but at the same time, we are bringing godliness into the world, and simultaneously we're recognizing the great power of God in the micro and in the macro, inside of everything and outside of everything. God is within everything, and at the same time, we express tremendous gratitude to God, for at the same time as you are the king of the whole universe, you've enabled me, pithy little me, sitting here on this day, to be able to eat something. It's a very humbling kind of a thought. And so at the same time as we are introducing the concepts of saying please and thank you, we're also introducing the concept of recognizing God being all-powerful and everywhere and the idea of how we in our humility, our humbleness, need to be grateful for everything that God does for us, that he continues to do for us, and that idea of humility, of recognizing just how great he is, just how small we are, is also communicated through each and every blessing. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. There are perhaps two more points that I would like to uh, bring to your attention when we're talking about brachot, brachas, blessings in general. First of all, the idea of a bracha actually enables us to recognize and realize how we are partners with God. You know, we've often spoken about or thought about the idea that we're partners with God in creation. You know, when God created the world, he created a world that was kind of incomplete and part of the job of man, particularly in a Torah sense, part of the job of all Jews is to complete the creation of the world. Now, it's not only that, well, God gave us wheat and we need to make bread, but it is actually that we can bring more and more holiness into the world. And as we make brachot, and as we mention God's name, and as we holify everything that we eat and everything that we do by making these blessings, we are bringing holiness into the world. You know, it's often been a thought of mine, certainly, that you know we don't spend enough time thinking about um, how much godliness we have brought into the world today, each and every one of us. That's our job. Our task is to make the world more holy. And sometimes it involves needing to put ourselves in a holy space. We need to put ourselves into an environment of holiness. But not always is that absolutely necessary. We can create and make that holiness wherever we are. Yes, it very often does help us. It helps us to instill ourselves with a little bit more kedusha, with a little bit more holiness. If we go to the Beit Knesset, if we go to the Shul, or we go to the uh, Beit Medrash, we're learning in the Yeshiva and so on, there is obviously an amount of holiness that that, that I'm talking about just by being there, just by putting your head into that space. Never mind saying the prayers and never mind learning the Torah and so on. The idea of the environment helps us to create that holiness and recognize and realize our our job and our task and the goals that we need to try and um, um, uh, accomplish and fulfill. There is this idea of Kedusha, of holiness, that we are infused with, that we are um, given and that we need to apply in order to complete and uh, complete that partnership that we have with God Almighty. 
And in fact, when we think about um, the idea of the blessings in another way, another point that I'd like to make is the idea of um, through the blessing itself, we empower that godliness to come through. So when we make a blessing, we are actually opening up a channel. There is a channel through which the holiness can come through. You know, God has given us something um, which seems to be mundane and physical. It is actually not properly fulfilled in its holiness, in its kedusha, in the amount of holiness that it can accomplish, whether it's ingested within us or whether it surrounds us, whether it's without or within Without us actually making that blessing, sometimes it's a blessing before and sometimes there needs to be added the blessing afterwards. But all of it is this idea of bringing that holiness of bringing that godliness down through that channel in order to accomplish and achieve that so-called blessing for the particular subject or the particular object over which we're reciting that blessing. So now if we think about it in terms of Shabbat Mubarakim, it's coming up to the Shabbos, the Sabbath of blessing. There's a bracha that is said on this coming Shabbat. And the Shabbat itself blesses the entire week that is ahead of it. Um, And it's on this Shabbos that we think about and we certainly try and forecast what we're going to have in the week ahead, particularly in terms of the holiness and the holy accomplishments that we need to have as uh, Jews, as Jewish people. We need to make sure that we are um, recognizing the fact that we're going to be, be beginning a brand new month and we are asking God and imploring God to help us to make this into a beautiful month. It's a month of Shvat. It's the month that is really linked in a way. If you think about it, you ask every Jew, what is Shvat about? They're going to tell you, well, oh, to be Shvat. The 15th of Shvat, where we talk about all the fruits and so on, um, and the uh, kind of regeneration and the rebirth and the regrowth, and it's uh, got all sorts of wonderful and beautiful messages. Well, we're about to herald the arrival. We're about to go into that beautiful brand new month. It's going to start on Monday, the month of Shvat. And as we do that, we implore God to send us his blessings that we are going to be those partners, that we're going to ask him for a time that is filled with goodness, with kindness, with wonderful things, with great blessing, with happiness, with health, with all the beautiful things that we hope and we pray for as we're going to on this coming Shabbat. But it's with these words and with these blessings that we say upon the month that we actually draw down that energy. We enable and we utilize the channel through which that blessing can come. And we are helping to inspire that God should visit us with the great, great blessings of um, all the wonderful things that we pray for and we hope in this coming month. So I want to leave you with a thought of just how powerful God is, but also just how powerful we can be, that we can reach up and become partners with God in saying these blessings. It enables us not only to be nicer people and better people and more dignified, but it truly enables more holiness to come into our lives and into the whole world. I'm going to sign off um, with uh, wishing you a, a great rest of the week, a beautiful Shabbat up ahead, and a beautiful month of Shvat that is going to begin in earnest on Monday. And to thank you for listening and hope that we'll be able to join together with each other, learning and listening to some more thoughts about Judaism 101.9 in a future episode, which hopefully will be next week, same time, same place, on Chai FM. Take care.